you know, we see in scripture this desire that we, if we're all honest, have at times of seeking man's approval. And that is a struggle I have faced throughout my life and probably will continue to and something I surrender to the Lord pretty much daily, especially right now. And man, I think when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to be so much more concerned about was I faithful? Like, was I faithful to what God gave me and how I used the gifts and talents he He lavished on my life to steward for his glory? Or was I desiring man's approval? Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. What or who are you living for? What is the prize you seek to obtain? We get caught up in the day-to-day and the frustration of work and overlook that what we do here on earth has an eternal impact. We forget to see our calling through a gospel-centered perspective. Rebecca George is a podcaster, speaker, and author of Do The Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. Her greatest joy in life is discipling others to pursue their passions in a way that builds the kingdom. Rebecca and I are both passionate about blending what you love with an eternal purpose, because your calling is not just a cute little side hobby. It's something God has given you to help you build the kingdom here on earth and as it is and will be in heaven. So listen in as Rebecca and I discuss the eternal perspective of your calling, why it's important to treat your calling seriously, and how to live your life sold out for the glory of God. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. Oh, Erica, I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure and so fun to have you on because I've been following you for a few years now, so it's such a treat to have you on today. I get to have you in real life talking to you. Yes, so fun. Oh, it's always so fun to get to have these conversations with people you've been online friends with for a while, so I love it. Yeah, I love that. And I love your heart. I love that your mission is to help women seek to radiate the heart of Christ in all that they do, because that is something that I strive for as well. Um, That's a lot of the message here on the Faith Inspired Podcast, so it's a perfect fit. And we're talking today of that you have a new book out called Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl that was written so we can see our calling through a gospel-centered perspective. And I love that title, and I love the messages written within the pages. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, I would love for you to get started by giving us just a little glimpse of who Rebecca George is. Sure, I'm happy to. So it's always a weird question to answer when in your work you have so many hats, which I know you relate to, Erica. And so I'll start with I'm Dustin's wife. 
my husband is a lead pastor, and so certainly being involved in the life of our local church and supporting him in ministry would be primary. Uh, And secondary to that, I am a speaker and author of my debut book, like you said, Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. And I host the podcast called Radical Radiance, which, as you mentioned beautifully, has a heart to just really have conversations that point women back to what does it actually look like for us to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do. It goes back to this verse in Psalm 34, verse 5, that says, those who look to Him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. And so I love having those conversations about what is it what does that actually look like in our lives? And so that's been a huge passion of mine and kind of the offshoot of that is the message of this book, right? Of how do we take the gifts and talents God's given us and see them from a gospel-centered way. So so yeah, that's a little bit about kind of my season and and where we are right now. Beautiful. I love that. And there's so much more to you, ladies. Um, Just check her out on Instagram and her website. She's being very humble by only listing a few of those roles of what she does. (laughs) So go check that out after this episode. But like you said, we are going to be talking about your calling. And that's so, so important that we follow God in the calling because we get caught up into the day-to-day and we can get frustrated and so often forget what we are here on earth to do and that it has an eternal impact. It's not just an earthly impact. I mean, we can see that by what we do, the effects of that, but there's an an eternal impact that we just won't see yet until we get to heaven. So what's the eternal perspective of our calling? Yeah, I'm going to share this. This is not in the book. This is a conversation me and my husband had over the weekend, which I just feel like is pertinent because it came, this comes up a lot of like, how do we see this from an eternal perspective? And a picture of that that has become so helpful to me is this illustration that my husband heard Francis Chan give one time. So I'll give him the credit for it. He was using a piece of rope, this really long piece of rope. And he was standing on stage. And so you can picture this as I'm kind of talking you through it. He put just this tiny little piece of tape over the end, the very tip end of the rope. And he, you know, kind of threw the rope out into the crowd and it was very, 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 very long. And he used this explanation of like, our time, this side of heaven, is that little piece of tape that's just so tiny on the end of that piece of rope and eternity and that time that we're going to spend worshiping God and praising Him for all of eternity in heaven is the length of that rope. And who was essentially asking the question, like, what are you living for? Right? Are you living for the approval of man and for worldly success and the things that you might be able to experience here on earth? Or are you being a faithful steward of the gifts and talents God's given you? Are you going out and making disciples and living for eternity? the rest of that rope that doesn't have an end, right? And are you bringing people with you? And I give that illustration because I think it beautifully tells the story of how we should use our gifts and talents this side of heaven, right? And I think we all, or at least most of us, we want to know God's will. We want to live out our purpose and all of those big, lofty phrases that we use many times to talk about our work. But what does that look like on a Tuesday? 
Sometimes that means God's asking us to step into something new and it feels big and scary. Sometimes that means you're in a season in the throes of motherhood and being a faithful disciple of Christ means wiping snotty noses and sitting down with your babies and having time in God's word with them and raising them up in the way that they should go, as scripture tells us. And that might feel super mundane, but that might be what going and making disciples looks like in your life today right? And so it changes from season to season. But I love just focusing us back on that eternal perspective, because I think that's the foundation from which we can have any other conversation related to our calling. But if it's not rooted in that eternal perspective, we're probably headed towards a more worldly perspective as it pertains to this subject. So I love that you started there. What does that look like for you, Rebecca? Because you have so many beautiful titles that look flashy Mm. in the world's eyes, like author, speaker, podcaster. You know, they're big goals that I have and many women have, and they're flashy. But to get there, there's a lot of those mundane kind of steps. And then it can get to your head as well. You start viewing those Mm. from that earthly perspective of wanting those goals for an earthly reason and not a kingdom impact reason. So how do you balance that and what does that look like for you? Yeah, that question matters so much. And a few things that I'll say there, and I'm, I'm talking straight back to myself and to every other aspiring writer, speaker that I might be talking to. One thing I'll say is something I pray often is, God, please don't expand my territory beyond what my character can bear. I have seen several friends grow their platforms quickly and and gain, you know, maybe success in the world's eyes, but then maybe their character couldn't quite bear the fame or the attention or those things that came along with it. And that is the last thing I desire. I do this work, one, because I feel I feel called and that God has equipped me with the gifts and talents to do this work to further his kingdom. Um, just like a school teacher who has a maybe very mundane Monday through Friday in, in their eyes, maybe today as they're listening, you know, God has called them to use their gifts and talents to raise up the next generation. We all have our own version of what that looks like, an expression of that, right? And so I would say to maybe somebody who, you know, your job title in some people's eyes could look flashy or exciting. That's one thing I would pray is God expand my territory at a rate that my character can bear. I would also say second to that, long before I was standing on any sort of stage or talking through any sort of microphone, I was discipling college girls in my living room floor. And that matters, right? And I and I still do that, right? I can think of, you know, what my last several days have looked like on Friday, one day last week. I took a church member out for lunch and and we sat and had great conversation for a couple of hours and sat with my husband and talked through some things that are going on at the church and to normalize life a little bit, most of my days don't feel flashy or exciting, right? There are moments in which that could certainly be the case, but I think the mundane moments of following Jesus, no matter how big your platform is or could be in the future, um, those moments matter so much in the eyes of God. I think so much more than we give them credit for, right? I often wonder when I get to heaven one day, will I 
find out that the moments I spent on my living room couch with a college girl encouraging her, discipling her, maybe they meant more in the eyes of God than any moment I stood on a stage, right? Like, and so, so I'm even wrestling with some of those things too and making sure that I prioritize just the basics of following Jesus and going and making disciples. So I would say today, I don't think I have it all figured out, but uh, as you ask that question, those are a couple of things that come to mind that I think normalize that a little bit and also have challenged me in, in ways that the Lord has continued to convict me and, and challenge and encourage me as I've moved forward. So I don't know if that resonates with you because we both live in a similar world. So tell me how that lands with you. Yeah, it lands very well. So thank you. It lands very, very well. And I think something that the Lord is putting on my heart lately, and not to discredit anybody, but just really viewing everybody as just human. Like we're, yeah. we're all human, no matter what the title is. And in God's eyes, we're all his children. And I would hate yes. to say just his children, but like we're all beautiful children and we're yes. human. And so whether your title is a janitor or, you know, an author, speaker, whatever it is, like our callings are specific for us. And like you had said, we're going to be judged based on what was given to mm-hmm. us and maybe these big titles and platforms that we have here on earth aren't even going to matter in the eternal world. And we don't know that until we get there. That's what he's been having me wrestle with lately is really dreaming big because I'm a big dreamer, but then doing it in small steps because I think that's where I falter sometimes as I get these huge ideas of what I want to do. And then I get so focused on that and it becomes this earthly mission rather than an eternal mission. And so I am trying to grow small now rather than big and just really see my impact within my community and what he has given me here, knowing that if he wants me to have a platform one day, like he'll give it to me, hopefully when my character can bear it, because I do not want that at all. If I could have everything in the world, I wouldn't want it if I can't have God. Yeah. If I can't have Jesus. That's right. Yeah. So that's what he's teaching me. So yeah, that landed very well, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. You have this beautiful imagery in your book of the Venn diagram of really like what matters to us, what matters to God, and what matters to other people. And this goes along really to that eternal perspective. Can you talk about what that looks like and how we could actually practically apply it? Yes, absolutely. As I said earlier, we get so overwhelmed at the idea of our calling or our purpose or following God's will for our lives, right? And we can be so afraid that we're going to miss it or it's so big that we're wondering if we've missed out on what God has. And and I think sometimes it just takes some intent to step back and go, okay, what has God given me to use for His glory, to build His kingdom, to advance the gospel? How does that matter in the lives of those that God has planted my feet around? And how does that matter to God, right? And so I started thinking about how do we actually put this on paper, something that feels sometimes so lofty or big, and and what does it actually look like on a Tuesday, right? And so I had been wrestling through that in my own life, and God just sort of gave me this diagram that I think is super helpful, and it takes us back to 
I feel like I did these in middle school, the Venn diagram thing where you would compare and contrast something. And so listeners, as I say that, you can probably picture maybe that activity that you did as a child. And so this Venn diagram has three different circles. And again, like always, they intersect in the middle. And what happens in the middle when all those three things intersect is kind of what we're shooting for, what we're aiming for as we fill this out. And the first circle says, what matters to you? Right. When you think back on where do I feel naturally gifted? What talents has God given me? When I do this maybe particular thing, I maybe lose track of time or I really enjoy this particular area of ministry that God's given me. Brainstorm around maybe what some of those things might be for you. And then the second bubble is what matters to God. And this is where we begin to see the overlap happen. Right. So, in my own life, and you and I sort of laughed about the example that I share in the book and how we both are wired very similarly. What matters to me? I love encouraging women. I love writing. I love studying God's word. And so then when I look down to what matters to God, the gospel spreading and and me going out and making disciples, those things matter to God. And so there's overlap there, right? And what matters to me and what matters to God. And then in the third bubble is what matters to other people. When I look at the community and the people groups that God has placed me within, what practical needs do I see that my gifts and talents could help meet, right? And how does that intersect with what matters to me and what matters to God? And so again, this is a grab a pen and piece of paper and walk through this with the Lord in in the weeks and maybe the months to come. And you may not have a perfectly tied up in a bow answer overnight, but I think it's a good exercise to walk through every once in a while. And I'll also add, I think it changes from season to season, right? I'm sure, Erica, before you had children, the expression of what that looked like in your life probably looked very different before you had kids than it does today. And it probably will 10 years from now. So yeah, that's something that I've found to be very helpful in defining kind of what our thing is. It's a beautiful piece of imagery that you can use and it just, it shows right there. You can just kind of see the answer right there. You know, I feel like often I have a ton of ideas rolling in my head on what I should be doing and then I lose clarity on that. And so it's a nice Mm -hmm. piece to go back to, a simple piece to go back to a tool that you can see really where all of your skills and talents intersect with what God has called you to do here on earth. And yeah, I just love that. And I had created a Venn diagram when I started the business about two years ago. And it it wasn't like yours. Yours is much more clear. But what God had spoke to me with a Venn diagram was I put the world's business because I have a background uh-huh. in marketing and communications and he put me in a position that does a lot of marketing and communications mm-hmm. with Faith and Gather. And so I have all these skills and talents that he's given me to do this ministry. And so it was the world's business and then God's business I put. And in the middle of the intersect was business tree of what I had thought it was mm-hmm. or like, you know, what what I would operate in, the world's business plus God's business. And then all of a sudden, God just gently tapped me on the shoulder and was like, no, Erica, you're going to operate in my way, my Mm. way. There is no Venn diagram in in this situation here. Mm -hmm. So I love your Venn diagram in terms of it actually does take God's circle that was in mine and goes a little more granular on what that actually looks like. And I love that. There are so many women right now who 
are using their skills and talents outside of their careers and they're treating them more like side hobbies or side hustles mm-hmm. and which is wonderful and it's beautiful but they don't give the credit where the credit is due for that a lot of times um, and they can look at it as like why would I even try why would I even continue to do this. So you talk about it in your book, but why is it important to treat your calling seriously instead of just treating it as like a cute little side hobby? Yeah, it mattered so much to me to talk about this in the book because it's something that I've struggled with in the past when I started my podcast and really got serious and and really answered the call I feel like to pursue writing more seriously. I remember feeling as if sometimes when I would have conversations with friends or even church members about what God was leading me to do, I would walk away with them having good intentions in trying to encourage me, feeling like they thought my work was a cute little side hobby. And that feels really bold to say, but we have all had experiences where we've walked away feeling like, oh, maybe I should not make that big of a deal of this little thing that God's maybe called me to do, right? And about a year into podcasting, I remember the interview. I got off and had a great conversation with someone and they really encouraged me. And I remember sitting at my desk and the Lord really convicted me of, like, I've given you this thing to steward and and you are using your gifts that I, I, the creator God of the universe, have given you to steward for my glory and you are treating it like a cute little side hobby. And he just reminded me like, Rebecca, I am not small and therefore the things I call you to do are not small either and they matter in my kingdom. And from that day forward, I really began to take this creative ministry work a lot more seriously, and it really changed the game in my ministry. And um, I just think there are more women out there feeling stuck in that trap like I was. And I think that truth of remembering he is not small, therefore the things he calls us to do aren't small either, just really transforms the way that we think about the work God has given us to do. And so there's many reasons why we do that. Maybe it's something someone said, or we want to make little of something so that it doesn't make other people feel inferior. There's all sorts of silly reasons why we treat things like cute little side hobbies, but I think it's important to call out as we move forward so that we take the work God's given us a little more seriously. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think it can be a self-protection too. Absolutely. Yeah. In our world, it's just everything has to be big. You know, how big is your following? How big, you know, if we do anything small, it just doesn't, um, why do it, you know, in today's world? And so I think for me, it would be self-protection of, oh, I'm just doing this little something. So then people don't think like I'm striving to have, you know, thousands of followers. Well, that's okay. Like still treat it like something big because it's something big in God's eyes, but you don't have to view it in the world's big. Yeah. Yeah. There are two quotes in your book that I absolutely love that come with lots of wisdom and I believe hardship of learning. And I'm going to read those Mm. and then ask you a question. So, and yeah, this is, you spoke straight to my heart here, Rebecca. (laughs) Okay, here we go. In a life that's sold out to God's leading, his glory is the goal and his presence is the prize. That's quote number one that just got me. The second one just really, really 
shook me to my core in terms of like, yes, this is this is how I want to live my life. I would rather be pleasing in the eyes of God than be a success by the world's standards and miss the mark when it comes to all God has in store for my life. So can you share where God has opened your eyes to really understand these? Because those quotes are, I believe, they come from wisdom that you have gleaned by walking out this with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. As you say the first quote of, in a life sold out to his leading, his glory is the goal and his presence is the prize. I'll answer my quote with another quote from A.W. Tozer. I read his book, The The Purpose of Man, a couple years ago. And one of the things that really stuck out to me from that was this quote where he says, the purpose of man is to worship God and enjoy him forever. And I just think that there's so much opportunity for that as we use our gifts and talents to the glory of God, right? We get to partner with him in the work he's given us to do and what a what a gift that is on this side of heaven. And ultimately his glory is the goal. The gospel going forth, us growing more and more into the likeness of Jesus. That's the goal, right? And and as that takes place, his presence, you know, if, if you think of like, is there a trophy on this side of heaven for following Jesus and continuing to obey when it's hard? Like his presence is the prize, right? His presence is the prize as we continue to walk in in obedience and follow him in all of our days and, and continue to know more about him. I was talking to my husband last night and we were just praising God for I'm just so thankful that in our marriage and in our relationship, he said, you know, I'm just so thankful that we both like aren't just content with the amount of God that we have today. I want as much of him as I can know on this side of heaven. And he was saying that about himself. And he said, I'm so thankful that you are the same way and that spiritually, I don't feel like I'm dragging my spouse along. And we were just talking through some things and and I am thankful for that in my marriage. But it just, it brings me back to that quote of what am I pursuing if I'm not pursuing building his kingdom and making his glory known? And then there is no greater prize than his presence, this side of heaven. And so, so yeah, that one was one of those, (laughs) a little bit about how the sausage is made. As we were editing through the book, I remember reading that back and thinking, well, God, that was that was you. I don't even remember writing that. But since then, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had about that quote because I think it just brings us back to like the core of why we do what we do. And so, so I love that you brought up that one. And then read me the second one again. Remind me. I would rather be pleasing in the eyes of God than be a success by the world's standards and miss the mark when it comes to all God has in store for my life. Yeah. Yeah, that one matters so much because, you know, we see in Scripture uh, a couple of times this desire that we, if we're all honest, have at times of seeking man's approval. And that is a struggle I have faced throughout my life and probably will continue to and something I surrender to the Lord pretty much daily, especially right now. And man, I think when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to be so much more concerned about was I faithful? Like, was I faithful to what God gave me and how I used the gifts and talents he he lavished on my life to steward for his glory? 
Or was I desiring man's approval? And that's something I think we all wrestle with. And I think it's a daily choice to fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, as the book of Hebrews tells us, and run faithfully in the lane he's called us to run in. When I'm doing that, I'm less concerned about the approval of man when I can honestly say my eyes are fixed on Jesus. And so that's, I think, a a daily surrender kind of thing. I know, and at least in my own life, that I have to to make sure that I'm staying on top of and, and continually laying down, right? And so, yeah, that absolutely comes from a personal place of struggle and victory in what God's shown me in His Word. And so, so I'm curious if those two stuck out to you. What makes you? What makes that stick out to you? I've just experienced in my life that there's so much peace with him yes. and his presence. Um, I am a striver. I am a perfectionist. I am a people pleaser. I am all those things. And he has me on this journey right now of really learning his heart and what he has for me. And man, when I just surrender and I really just have my eyes fixed on him, there's a peace. And then things just seem to come my way. You know, God just seems to bring them my way, not because I deserve them, but because he is just such a good God and a good father. And I'm tearing up here because he's just so good, you know, and his presence is the prize. It really is. It is the prize. And I've heard so much and so often that people who strive for success in the world's eyes, they get there and the people pleasing and mm. all of that, they get there and then they're just empty and they don't have anything to show for it. They've hit all their goals. They've hit everything they wanted to achieve and they're left there not feeling fulfilled and yeah. hoping that they're for more. And then they get into drugs and alcohol or they you know, look for things like purchasing things or whatever it may be to fill that void. Mm. And you had said that, you know, God, don't give me something really like don't give me something that my character can't bear and that's what he's working on in me is just Mm. um his presence is the prize you you said that and I was like right there there's another quote for you Rebecca his presence is the prize no matter what like you know there's a lot of grind and there's a lot of mundane in your calling but if anything and I always forget to celebrate the wins because God brings the wins but man there is his prize is there all the time. Mm. If you just tap into it and tune into it, like the prize is already there. You don't need an earthly win or an earthly thing to celebrate. Like we, we already have it in him. So, um, yeah, that's what resonated with me, obviously as Mm. tears and snot rolled on my face. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy, especially as you mentioned earlier of having something that could be considered, you know, a public platform and, there's a lot there in terms of how the world would perceive success. And so it is very easy to get caught up in those metrics instead of what's going to matter in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I am so passionate about pressing against that narrative because it just leads us to exhaustion. And I don't think we were meant for that kind of fame and attention and pressure. I don't think that's consistent at all with what we see in scripture. And so how do I hold this work that I feel God's given me to do with the ultimate call on my life of going and making disciples? 
and knowing Jesus more and more each day. Yeah, really making that number one. And so that's what I'm trying to do is live and breathe that, like really live it out. What does that look like as God, as your number one? Um, There was a missionary couple that my husband and I are part of a group at church, and we had an opportunity to meet a few missionaries virtually and in person. And one of the things that this missionary couple had said is they started praying to God, like, show me what living 100% for you looks like, Mm. 100%. And I was like, wow, that is a bold prayer. And so I tried to pray that the other day, and I was like a little shaky about yeah. it because there's a lot on the other side of that. And I don't believe he's Absolutely. all going to call all of us to be missionaries or sure. really leave our homes and go to a different country. But that is what I hope to really achieve one day is to 100% feel confident praying that prayer and really live that out. So, and I appreciate oh, you so being just having this book, using your platform that God has given you for his glory and really helping women understand their calling, but the implications of that it's an eternal calling, not just here on earth and how to do that as a go-getter girl with grace, because we have to live in this earth as well and be go-getter girls as he made us, but give ourselves grace too. So I appreciate you being on today. I really just have enjoyed this conversation. And I would love for you to tell the listeners how they can connect with you via social media and your website, and then also how they can grab your book. I am probably the most active over on Instagram, and my handle is at Rebecca George Author. I'm also on TikTok, but I still feel like I'm one of those like older millennials that's figuring TikTok out. So TikTok is under the same name, Rebecca George Author, and you can grab the book online at your favorite online retailer, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book, direct through my publisher, anywhere you would like. Love it. I love it. So ladies, grab that book. Go connect with Rebecca. She's fantastic. She has great reels that really resonate, and um, you will love that. And then before we jump off, I have one more question to ask you. I love that you have in your podcast as well. You ask your guests the same question, and I do the same. So this is my question to you, Rebecca. What brought you joy today? Oh, man. It is a beautiful day outside, and this is going to sound not overly spiritual at all. That's <laughs> but okay. it has been, I feel like one of the gloomiest winters I have seen in a long time. And so earlier I went out and got myself an afternoon pick-me-up coffee and it just gave me so much joy to be in the car with my sunroof open sipping on my favorite coffee and I got to call my mom for a few minutes and it was just like the smallest little joy in my day. So that's what I would say. Sounds like a beautiful moment and I enjoy sunshine and coffee as well. So yes, Yes. that's that's a joy maker. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Really appreciate you sharing your heart and your wisdom with the Ladies of the Faith Inspired podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. I'm so grateful. As Rebecca said, I would rather be pleasing in the eyes of God than be a success by the world's standards and miss the mark when it comes to all God has in store for my life. There is so much God has in store for us if we follow Him and keep a gospel-centered eternal perspective. So. How will you shift your focus and pursue your passions in a way that builds the kingdom of God? I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. 
Love and Prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.